Girl, he reads from these journals he kept when he was a principal. Uncut and uncensored. Putting all his business in the street. The podcast, Ruthless Equity. The name, Ken Williams. The first day of school was absolutely incredible. On the one hand, I think it was the worst shape I've ever been in logistically. I mean, there were teachers with no books, 50 parents that wanted to register kids right away, and a whole list of other issues that I outlined on the email to my staff on the next page. However, in terms of attitude, it was just incredible. A welcoming environment all over the building. I was moved by the attitude that permeated the place. Students were calm, and just about every staff member seemed to have open arms as they walked into our doors. I can feel the change happening. So palatable that it scares me a bit. Here's the email. Subject, first day. Team, in the midst of not having textbooks, registration woes, secretary subs, no bookkeeper, no attendance procedures, no transportation lists, missing child challenges, missed bus, missing books, lunch issues, mass withdrawal, mass emotional withdrawal, dried erase markers, bus passes, making bus passes, losing bus passes, dismissal, rain during dismissal, new teachers to Swint, new teachers to teaching, new teachers who were secretaries a day prior, new teachers who may return to the office as secretary if I continue to struggle, grade level changes, a few annoyed parents, wrong bus, wrong school, parapros holding it down in the office, no air, too cold, first day jitters, 15 day jitters, new AP thrown to the lions and the wolves, lost files, no files, I have 18 kids, my teammate has eight kids, first day tears and snot. You made welcoming and connecting with our students your top priority. You moved aside all the day's challenges and helped create an atmosphere of high expectations and high levels of learning. With all of your unmet needs, thank you for making our students' needs the priority. We're a poised for greatness. Forward, Ken. Hey, listen, I have revamped my professional development offerings. You can find them at unfoldthesoul.com. Touch the speaking tab. I've got two new offerings. The first is the three-hour virtual PD experience with me. And then the second is the in-person PD experience. Notice I don't call these presentations or workshops because I don't know. No, but I do know. I've gotten to a point in my career. One, my confidence is at an all-time high. I know equity like no one else. I know how to make it practical, tangible, meaningful. I know I could turn those states around who have foolishly banned equity from uh, any of their policies. I can help districts that have policies around equity, but they're spinning in circles, having conversations that don't lead to any kind of improvement in student learning. I can move your district from PLC light to PLC right. 
because I explain PLCs like no one else. I simplify it. It's authentic. I can take all those moving parts that are swirling around you, all the moving parts and make them make sense. If you are interested in advancing your mission of learning for all, advancing your mission of equity, excellence, and achievement for all students, regardless of background. If you're a fan of ruthless equity and um, want to move your staff or district forward with it, get at a brother now. Go to my site. Go to my page, unfoldthesoul.com. Reminds me of, it reminds me of that book I read. It's called, uh, uh, reminds me of of nothing, nothing. And I got 950,000, 1,100 books behind me right now on this shelf. And some of them are great, but none of them are like Ruthless Equity. Ruthless Equity is a book like no other, explains equity like no other, speaks to you like no other, the coach on your shoulder, the guide on your side to move you from rhetoric to results regarding your journey with equity. Pick up a copy of Ruthless Equity at Amazon.com. And if you are a fan, you've read it, take a minute, please, and leave a review on Amazon.com. Now, back to the podcast. All right, baby, let's get into this season four of what's now the Ruthless Equity leadership podcast it'll eventually become the unfold the soul leadership podcast it's the same podcast baby it is uh, good to be back i can't believe i've been doing this going into a fourth season and admittedly i usually start back up in september for the past three years it is october 10th at the time of this recording and i don't mind being honest with you because maybe you can take something from this i had to sit and decide whether or not i want to do a fourth season and uh, I am grateful to, you know, have enough wisdom to stop and pause because in years past, I would have jumped right back into this and everything else. And then I look up and while I love what I do, oftentimes I would find myself overwhelmed because I've overcommitted. And so you know, age and experience has taught me to stop and reflect. And I should have done this in August. I should have kind of sat quietly, but there is no quiet time in August, not this past August. I've got to take my own lesson because I overcommitted this past August and loved every second of it, but it didn't give me an opportunity to reflect on whether or not I wanted to continue this podcast. I'll tell you, I enjoy doing it. I enjoy the feedback, but I have to tell you in the past, month and a half I've run into more people whom I've never met never had any any interaction with who mentioned the podcast and I don't believe there's any such thing as coincidence in life I think everything has meaning and is aligned with what you focus on in some way shape or form I mean I was planning to sit down today anyway but yesterday I was in um, Benton Kentucky uh, working with Marshall Public Schools and the superintendent, uh, his last name is Miracle. He is completely, he and his team completely aligned with Ruthless Equity. And in his introduction, he mentioned the podcast. And I just figured that's a sign. It's time. Let's get back into it. And so I am happy and glad to be back. And I feel good about it. Let's talk about 
this episode. Man, oh man, there are a lot of implications here. And um, I can unpack this one for a couple of weeks. I mean, there's, there's just so many topics. But what I want to get into is the difference between survival mode and mission mode. One, before I even jump into that particular area, when I think about my book, Ruthless Equity, and its focus on belonging being an integral part of the instructional equity cycle, it just pleases me that, you know, 15 years ago, I didn't use the words belonging, but just creating that welcoming environment, just just having open arms for students and parents. It's just incredible. And if you are a first time listener, you know, my school was the hot mess express, man. We were the lowest performing school in the district, the lowest performing district in the greater Atlanta area. We had six years of cycle failure. Uh, when I arrived there, we had 18% proficiency in literacy at third grade. I mean, it was a, a legit shit show. And this entry is us going into my second year there as principal. And um, I know I ended the entry by saying that uh, I can feel the change happening so palatable that it scares me a bit. And that, that just reminds me of you know, Marianne Williamson's passage, you know, uh, talk on it. And because I didn't think of this while I was reading this, now I, I forgot the name of this. Our deepest fears, not that we are inadequate, our deepest fear that, is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's the one that's attributed to Nelson Mandela. It just reminds me of um, just how much change took place in that one year. But to the topic, listen, here's how I define survival mode. When you think about all those bulleted points, not having textbooks, registration woes, mass emotional withdrawal, all the stuff I, I listed in that email. And the email, when you look at it, it says team in the midst of, and then there are, I didn't count them up, but there have to be 32 bullets. All things I rattled off that's a recipe for chaos like that <laughs> all that shit I rattled off sometimes that happens to a school in an entire year we had it in one day on our first day the first day of my second year so I'm already there so this is I can't use you know being brand new as an excuse it's just all hell just broke loose and in the midst of all of those challenges all of those challenges my staff made welcoming and connecting with students a top priority. They could have bitched and moaned, they could have complained. They had legit excuses, legit reasons to be frustrated. I mean, I look back at this entry and the first line I write is the first day of school was absolutely incredible on the one hand. And then on the other hand, it's the worst shape I've ever been in logistically. I mean, it's just a complete nightmare so why was it successful because we were all just super awesome people well look i'm great people however that's not the key the key is we were on mission we were on mission now here's how i define survival mode everything i rattled off in that email that's survival mode for your ass i mean that's survival mode all day long 
that is a very definite I can I could paste this email into a dictionary and have it be the definition of survival mode I mean we got all hell breaking loose but in the, the way I define survival mode is this when you're working your ass off minus mission let me say that again survival mode is when you're working your ass off minus mission let me tell you what mission does and it's so lacking in schools this is something I'm working on a new book right now and one of the topics will be this idea that not the idea it's a fact 100% of schools have mission statements and in my experience 15 years working across every crease of North America I would say 15% of schools are actually on a mission 15%. 100% have mission statements. 15% are on mission. Now, let me tell you how ass backwards, and you know I love education, I love educators, but I don't mind calling shit out, how ass backwards we are. Just, just, just step back away from our profession for a moment and just think about a mission statement. A mission statement is supposed to be a statement of mission. A mission statement comes after you've declared mission. A mission statement doesn't create mission. Just as the uh, first name of your son or daughter doesn't create your son or daughter. They're already created and then you name it. Right? They're already born or adopted and then you name them. We have completely separated mission statements from mission. And we treat the mission statement process it's void of emotion. It's 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 void of anything compelling. It's all bullshit. It really is. The reason we were successful that day is because our outcome was mission driven. We were out to change the narrative of that school. None of that day happened by none of the good things happened by accident. The reason my staff persevered during that day of complete chaos is because they mission was dead red in their eyes. We're gonna create a welcoming environment. We're not gonna be the gum on the bottom of the shoe of the district anymore. We're not gonna be that school that people are gonna be embarrassed about. We're gonna change the narrative and that starts with that first day of school, every kid feeling excited about being back Every parent being welcomed as clients. I don't care who the parents are. I don't care where they hail from. I don't care if they show up in a damn bonnet, a house coat, and slippers. They are clients. And that's part of the problem in schools is we just got, we start prejudging. Right? And my school's in the, nestled in the hood. So we were so dead set on that day being amazing that all those all those logistical things that went wrong those were like gnats they were annoying as hell and they were stressors however here's what mission does mission like like just imagine standing in the end zone at the end of a football field and then in the other end zone is the accomplishment of your mission right like the 
your mission is sitting 100 yards away, the opposite end zone. And your goal is to get from one end of the football field to the other. Now, it'd be great if you could just run it in a straight line. But what happens is life happens, shit happens, stuff goes wrong. And it creates what I, I call it a gauntlet. In fact, I almost named this episode The Gauntlet. When you're mission driven, when I'm mission driven, I'm standing at one end of the end zone and I am fixated on the mission that's standing in the other end zone waiting for me. And as I start to, as we start to run from one end to the other, there are all sorts of instances of adversity that cause us to have to duck. We stumble, we fall, we zig, we zag. We sometimes have to take timeouts, but we never take our eye off the prize. That's the only reason why that day worked. There's no other reason. There's no other reason. Because we did more than create a damn mission statement. We were on a mission. We not only broke down what that mission looks like. You listen to past episodes. The vision of our school was broken down into a day in the life at Swint Elementary. From the time you get out of the car, we were that specific. We didn't have a damn vision statement, something that is summed up in 15 seconds. The kind of change we had to make to completely upend the narrative of this school could not be contained in a sentence. We had a whole narrative. We talked about what our school was gonna look like, what people were gonna feel when they walk in, what they were gonna see. And for this day, it was about welcoming and making every kid feel like a million bucks, making every parent feel like a valued client in the midst of hell breaking loose, in the midst of teachers not having enough books, in the midst of transportation woes, in the midst of everything I named. The only reason it worked is because we were locked in on mission. And what what, what it did for me as a leader, and I'm, I'm probably going to get into a little more deeply in in future episodes is once once we're set on the mission man like i i took nothing personally and that, that's because of two different things and I'm, I'm i'm not gonna go deep into this i'm a people pleaser like at my nature that's my nature and early on in my leadership i realized that I attached like my my personal self-worth to my leadership. And that's a mistake because it caused me to take things personally. If someone didn't come through, I almost saw it as like a personal affront. And that'll have you on an emotional roller coaster all day long. It'll have you making poor leadership decisions. It'll have you afraid to trust anyone. It'll have you like paralysis of analysis or living in fear or, or or being too top down. The moment I realized that my leadership was not a, a, per, a statement of worth, a, a switch flipped in my head and I became all about outcomes. Now, I'm going to love on people. I'm going to manage people. I'm going to confront people. I'm going to leverage people. I'm going to build a team. I'm going to build relationships all the way. But in terms of mission, when I'm standing at the one end of the end zone, I am dead red locked in on 
the mission that is sitting in the other end zone. And I see the run from one end of the field to the other as a gauntlet. Like think about those, uh, those like American Ninja shows where, you know, those contestants come on, they're in great shape and they're, you know, just like running through all these. It's like an obstacle course. It's an obstacle course. And the reason it doesn't devolve into survival mode is because we're on mission. See, the work is tough. The work is challenging. Your shit's going to hit the fan often. But when you're in survival mode, man, you're like you're dealing with you, it's it's like you're dealing with one thing after another, just trying to knock these uh, tennis balls back that are being shot at you. Like we dealt with the same kind of stuff, but it had a different context. You see, because we were on a mission to create a welcoming environment for our students and our parents. And I don't want that to be taken lightly. I don't want that to sound like it's cliche. I'm saying that is the complete antithesis of what our school was known for, that of what our community is known for. So I'm not saying just like saying hello to Pam. Like we had a whole thing planned. And as shit hit the fan, as stuff went wrong, as this issue popped up, as this person had to kind of put their finger in that dike and then that dike and someone's got a toe in the wall trying to keep water from squirting through. And we got folks substituting in different roles all over the school it worked because everyone knew what the objective was. Now, I didn't sit anybody down and say, hey, if uh, if all hell breaks loose, we have to stay on course. It just happened. It just happened. That list I rattled off, there's no way I could have solved all those problems. I didn't solve half of them. We had folks filling in all over the place because we knew what the mission was. And let me tell you something about mission. I'm going to hit this in another episode i'm sure what mission is about is one exit and one exit only plan a and plan a only we had no plan b and this is what schools lack schools have plan b c d e f g h if i think about students all the time all the stuff that happened on that first day those were gift-wrapped excuses and opportunities for me to lower my expectations for the day, to uh, weaken our mission, to come up with a plan B instead of what we, we, what, we, what we set out to do. And I'm gonna tell you here, I didn't entertain it because I know what mission's about. Mission is about plan A and plan A only. And plan A for us was to create a welcoming environment to have our students have an amazing experience as they entered our school during my second year. And we accomplished that. And when the day was done, we got the, the duct tape out, we got the crazy glue out, and we glued a bunch of shit together to get going for the year. What I'm telling you is this, so much of our work is about mindset. Every school has their days where just all hell breaks loose. Every organ, with three or more gathered, you're gonna have days like this. The question is, how do you navigate it? And I look back at this entry, and I'm so proud of my staff, so proud of every single person, because we couldn't afford to have roles rule the day. Everybody in my school was an educator. I don't care if you dumped trash or taught science, you were an educator. 
and everyone came through because we were all invested in that mission. Not a mission statement, to hell with mission statements. I'm more interested in mission. Plan A and plan A only. Our mission was ambitious. We had no business dreaming that big or thinking that big based on our, our, uh, our history based on the data, based on all the hell that was breaking loose. And I want you to think about that with students. Why would adversity, why would your first default mechanism, your default move be lowering expectations? And I hear it all over. I'm gonna hit on this in another episode. But understand that mission is everything. Not your mission statement, mission. We had every invitation to click into survival mode and everyone would have pitied us and understood and they would have felt sorry for us and would have stroked us, but we were not interested in that. We were interested in accomplishing our mission, which was clear, aligned, stated, and only one option, baby, to make it happen. Hey, again, I apologize for the month late start to the podcast, but I am proud of myself for making time to really consider whether or not I want to move forward with it again. And after this first episode, I'm glad I did. So go make magic, lead the people, keep your expectations high, know that there's one crown, lean into the collective expertise of your colleagues rather than the adversity and backgrounds of kids. And remember to always start with the crown. You've been listening to the Ruthless Equity School Leadership Podcast with Ken Williams. For more information about Ken, visit RuthlessEquity.com.